0: happening everybody i'm nolan tuck stacy glover and you're listening to cinema parlor the world is on fire so we're gonna talk to everybody with that being said
1: this is our best of 2019 we always do these kind of at the beginning of the year the beginning months um usually around march because access is a big thing for us we live in the middle of the country right so we do not have access like people on the coast do also, I would say after this, we intend to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some high-spirited, just some goofy shit. I think we, we've been talking about stuff. We want to do some goofy shit. Just some fun movies.
0: Yeah, just uh, kind of uh, in the midst of all the turmoil. Just have a little bit of fun. and Yeah. You know.
1: Because that's the best thing to do right now. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, got, if you got time off and stuff, watch some movies, you know? Hang out with some close friends. Not too close. All uh, right, Keep your six feet distance. Yeah. Maybe play some video games.
0: There you go. Man, Read listen, a book. Listen to some podcasts. Oh, Hang yes. out with us for an hour or two, however long it takes. That's whatever. very
1: optimistic of you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, uh, so for tonight's uh, best of 2019 episode, what are you <laughs> drinking on tonight, Stacey? Classic Guinness. Very nice. All right. Uh, I've got two drinks here because one will not be enough. I have <laughs> It never is. <laughs> I have a uh, bourbon ginger ale here that I'm sipping on. And then uh, also, so a little, little high class, low class, with that being the high class, the low class is the Bud Light Seltzer Mango version. Is it good? It's okay. You know, if you're into seltzers, if you're not. You How's know, it compared to the Natty Light one? I, maybe I'm a, uh, a nasty boy, but I like the Natty Light better. Yeah. It, had, it has a little more flavor to it. Now, how does it compare to, like, the the White Claw? White Claw's best. That's the
1: best? Yeah. That thing's as expensive as a White Claw, right? Yeah. That's, like, 14 bucks. What's the alcohol percentage? Only
0: 5%.
1: You're not doing it right.
0: No. I want to try it out. I mean, you know, I want to give it a shot. Right. Right. It's not bad for for a seltzer. I'm into them. Mm -hmm. I should drink them more. They're better for you than beer. At least on the carbs and calories. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. We're getting into this? Let's do it. So, what we'll be doing this year is uh, we're going to be doing our top ten, but we will just going in depth on our top five. Right. We don't want to drag it out too far. And you have a
1: baker's dozen.
0: That's right. I always have cheats, um, so that will come into play. And then, uh, you know, we'll do that. Uh, Then we'll kind of talk about some honorable mentions after all that's over with. You know, we're going to have a good show. Every time you cheat, I might just interject myself into things. Okay. You do you. Mm-hmm. I'd
1: expect nothing less. <laughs> so you want to get us started off? What's What's your all number right. 10? Yeah, so here's a... a or do you quick... just want to go through all five of the, like, 10 through 6, and then we can kind of, like, discuss... Yeah, That's. I mean, we can do that. Like, like, what, do that. what do you yeah. What do you want to do? What okay,
0: time? I'll start here by saying, uh, real quick, just from me, I I watched almost 100 new release films from 2019, last year, so I got a pretty good amount in. There was a lot I didn't get to see, so I'm calling this my list of shame, shame on me, for not getting to see these movies. Mm. I'm sure there's plenty others that I forgot to mention as well. I'm just going to list these real quick. Uh, things I didn't get to see. Climax. An, el- an Elephant Sitting Still. Rolling Thunder Review of Bob Dylan's Story. Ray and Liz. Martin Eden. Three Faces. Black Mother. Cold hay- Cold Case. Hammer scold. Charlie Says. Diamontino, The Hottest August. Our Time. Hotel by the River. Honeyland. Diane. In Fabric. One Cut of the Dead. Grass. What? you going to do when the world's on fire? LaFleur, Dolomite is my name, The Wild Pear Tree, and Asako 1 and 2. I think that's how you say that. I'm not 100% sure. So, haven't you owned Climax on Blu-ray since, like, March of last year? Yeah. I've had access to a good amount of these films over the last month or two you know what i forgot to list that on my thing because it
1: didn't show up because i think it's technically like a 2018 film like how they Mm because the festival runs true climax is it would be in my honorable mentions i really enjoyed that film a lot very nice that's a very good film
0: all right well uh so yeah that's that's kind of my quick rundown there so other than that do you have anything else to say before we get into these lists i do not all right let's do it so Uh, I'll go through my 10 through 6 here real quick there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, number 10, I have my first double feature. This is a double feature that I put these together because they're two films that are kind of disguised as one genre, but are actually doing something different. They're both by sophomore directors, both by uh, A24 directors. This will be The Lighthouse, directed by Robert Eggers, and Midsommar, directed by Ari Aster, and in particular, The Director's Cut, which is about 30 minutes longer. Saw Midsummer, I think, three times. I love that movie. With The Lighthouse, uh, to me, it was the fu- probably one of the funniest movies I saw all year. An art house movie that's actually a comedy. Yeah, it's a dick and fart movie. Yes. So I quite enjoyed that movie. And with Midsummer, it's disguised as a horror movie, but it's actually just a breakup movie, if we're being honest. That's my number 10. All right, number nine, I have A Long Day's Journey in Tonight. This is directed by Be Gone, the Chinese director. I wish I could have saw it on the big screen. None of our theaters around here actually got it, which is a bummer. It has a about an hour, hour and 15 minutes into the movie. It has a 50-minute long, ca- long take that finishes out the movie that was filmed in 3D, that whole long oh. take that ends the film. For me, this is my personal favorite of the long takes of the year. Uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It's a movie I really like, a movie a lot about memory and time. It's kind of a neo-noir. It's a little hard to follow, but the filmmaking impressed me very much. So, anyway, that's my number nine. Uh, number eight, I have my second double feature. I'm what I'm calling right-leaning auteurs. This is Dragged Across Concrete, directed by Craig S. Zoller, and Six Underground, directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> One of my favorite combos of the year here. Zoller and Bay are both uh, very much right-leaning filmmakers that believe in putting authority in one's own hands. Zoller very much, I think, is a fascist fascist director, leaned that way, and I think he might be the closest thing we have to Don Siegel. Yes, our time here. I might be wrong on that, but that's just how I feel. And of course, Bay is very much uh, big-budget action films. Basically, disguise these as avant-garde action films. They are uh, craziness. Uh, These are my number eight. Enjoyed both of those a lot. And number seven, I've got Richard Jewell, directed by Clint Eastwood. Loved this film very much. Uh, Eastwood's doing some interesting stuff in his uh, later career here, and uh, this is uh, based on the true story of the uh, Olympic bomber in, was it? In 96, 96, Atlanta. Atlanta, yes. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this movie. Highly recommend it if you get a chance to see it. And number six, I've got Transit, directed by Christian Petzold. I believe this movie was in my top five when we did the episode in the middle of the year. And it stayed in the top ten, a movie I really liked, and you should all seek that out as well. Nice. So, yeah. Very exciting. I will say this. Good stuff. About my, mo- like, my, everything, other than probably my top three, my actual top three, everything else, I liked all these movies. I just wanted to put some movies in there that I, some that I feel like haven't got as much attention as others. Uh-huh. As you'll see when I talk about honorable mentions, there's a lot of stuff. Big stuff. Yeah, that's probably better. I just felt like... Right. To give some mention to those Yeah,
1: movies. something about this year, like, it was a really good year for movies, I think. Yes. Which is nice, because who knows what 2020 is going to bring for movies. Mm-hmm. So many of them have already been, like, pushed back and canceled. I mean, we could be doing this this episode a year from now, and...
0: Yeah. <laughs> might have trouble filling out a 10. Absolutely. But, uh um, Yeah, I, we should have said that in the beginning. I didn't think about it, but yeah, 2019 was awesome. Like, great year for cinema.
1: So, I'll, I'll let you know, like, on my, like, top five, one through four are all interchangeable. I'm very just nice. going to go alphabetical because okay. it would really depend on my mood. And for my movies, the ones that I'm listing, those are ones like I think about and I want to watch over and again. There are movies that I thought were really good, like A Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. That's a good movie, but I, I'm not going to go revisit that film, sure. probably. But it is a very good movie. Yeah. So there are movies that, if you follow me on Letterboxd, I probably reviewed higher than some of the movies I'm going to talk about. Right. That's but it's...
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could say the same thing about some of the ones I just... Yeah. mentioned as well Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes all right all right so i guess for my my 10 through 6 um got yeah, spider-man far from home as uh, my number 10 i really enjoyed this film i think it's just as good as homecoming which you like that film quite a bit that series is one of the better like teen comedies that's going right now and the fact that it's just a superhero
0: movie is also pretty cool i will say i didn't get to see uh far from home so i'll have to check that one out. Sometime. yeah it,
1: it's good number nine which was I think number one or two, or no, it was number two on my list in the middle of the year. Rolling Thunder Review, a Bob Dylan story by Martin Scorsese. More curated by him. You can hear me talk more in depth about it um, on the uh, older episode. We did a uh, best of the half of the year. So, and it was just kind of a celebration of the early films that we didn't think we'd be talking about this time of the year because prestige films and such. But uh, this is a killer documentary. It's on Netflix. You should check it out. And for number eight, following the same path, I've got The Irishman. It's uh, Martin Scorsese. Click on Netflix. I really like this movie. There are some things that I poke fun about the film, but I really do like it. It's a very meditative film. It doesn't feel its length. And. We don't have to talk in depth because we might talk about it. Well it's just it'll come bit. up
0: again. We can talk a little more about it at that point.
1: And number seven, One Cut of the Dead. I love this movie, man. I know that you wanted to watch it. Yeah, it's did, on yeah. Shudder. I was surprised by how good the movie was. It's I don't want to talk about it too much because it's best to watch it not knowing anything about it, because if you look at the synopsis, it, it kinda sounds like uh why don't you play in hell? Uh, they're filming A movie about zombies and then zombies. zombies, Yeah. uh, And then zombies attack in uh, One Cut of the Dead. So it's very similar to uh, Why Don't You Play in Hell in that regard. But then the movie opens up into something very wonderful and beautiful. And it's just a love song to the craft. And I greatly appreciated it. Very nice. Number six, which I assume we might be talking in depth a little bit more. Down the road, uh, Uncut Gems by the Sophie Brothers. I love this film. Adam Sandler should have been nominated for Best Actor. From what I've seen of theirs, which, I mean, it's only this a good time, but it seems like this is an improvement on good time. I really like good time a lot, but, like, I mean, Uncut Gems, very yeah, stellar. We'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, uh, that's my 10 through 6. And since you did two two uh, cheats yes. in your thing. Mm, and I have one more cheat. I, I know you do. So <laughs> I'm going to put yeah. one of my ridiculous interjections, because I didn't want to interrupt your flow. I've obviously. um. So this is Stacy's five best old video games of 2019. Okay. So these are five games that did not come out in 2019 that I played, that I greatly enjoyed, that I want to talk about. Okay. Number five, Metroid Zero Mission. Okay. It's an excellent game for the Game Boy Advance. Played through it. It's a retelling of the original Metroid, but with, like, more current graphics. Yeah. Very good. All right. Number four, Hitman. Oh. um, It's the the reboot Hitman. Okay. From, like, what was that, like, three or four years ago mm-hmm. that game came out? That game's just weird. It's like a crazy little murder sim where yeah. you just do ridiculous things, and it makes me laugh. Nice. I really enjoyed it. Number three, and the only reason this game isn't higher on this list... Is because I play it or its sequels just about every year, every few months. Resident Evil HD.
0: Alright, very nice.
1: Great stuff. Number two, Final Fantasy VIII. Played through that again for the first time since I was in high school. I really love that game. It's got a beautiful soundtrack, wonderful cutscenes. I think it's a very underrated Final Fantasy game. Okay. Number one, I finally beat Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, very nice. I... It's one of the best games of this generation. It's one of the best Zelda games, which makes it one of the greatest games ever
0: made. So. it's I've, I'm very early on in that game. I mean, I've, I've probably put like 10 or 15 hours into it. You liking it? I am. It's, you it's, cooking some foods? It's a lot of fun. I love cooking food on that. It's a lot of fun. Solving shrines? Yep. Yeah, solving shrines. Climbing trees. Climbing it. I mean, basically climbing yeah. anything. Uh, yeah, it's a fun game. Picking I, apples.
1: Yeah, I highly recommend you find all the cutscenes. They're memories that are hidden in the world. Oh, nice. And the storytelling in the game is actually very good. And it's it's done so well that it doesn't matter that it's in a non-linear fashion. Like, it's easy to follow what's going
0: on. Sweet.
1: Hey, it's a beautiful piece of art.
0: Good. I mean, Switches rock, man. They're a lot of fun. It's a good system. Yeah. Take it wherever you go. Very nice. Well, good list there, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. Uh, well, you want to get in our top five here? Yeah, you want to go or me go? I will start us off so all right uh my number five movie of the year this is atlantics directed by maddie diop this movie uh is on netflix for anyone interested uh this is what i said back when i saw it in december unlike anything i've seen all year a hybrid of neo neorealism and ghost story genre inter- interweaving into a haunting and emotionally draining experience an incredible debut and one that won't be forgotten anytime soon for me and for most i would presume Diop is one of the major new directors of 2019, in my opinion. Um, So, basically, uh, Stacy, you got to see this movie. Yeah. Did you enjoy this? I I
1: like the movie, but I think I, like, appreciate the film more than I was... It's not something that I'm going to revisit. Like, I thought it was a fine enough film. It didn't hit me the same way it hit you. Sure. I, I thought that they do some interesting things in the film that kind of reminded me of uh, some of the old Val Luton films mm-hmm. that I I found very cool.
0: Yeah. But,
1: um, yeah, overall, like, I can see why you love the film. It's just one of those that it didn't speak to me. I gotcha. But it's a well-made movie.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I, I've got a few things I'd like to say about her. Um, so, she's a French film director, but, she, um, she was born in Paris, but she's a part of the uh, Senegalese, I hope I, Senegalese, I hope I'm saying that right, I'm sorry, uh, Diop family, (laughs) yes, her uncle is Jabril Diop Mambete,
1: who, Jabroni,
0: that ain't it, uh, he, uh, (laughs) I hate you, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) I'm gonna try that one more time, Jabril Diop Mambete, he directed to- uh, Tukibuki and Hyenas, among others. Uh, he made films in Senegal, which is a country in the, in the coast of West Africa. Atlantics takes place in Dakar, and that is like, that's the capital of Senegal. Along, uh, it's along the Atlantic Ocean, obviously why it gets its name. Uh, obviously plays a big part of the film. So Maddie and her uncle's film, uh, Tukibuki, play very well off of each other. They both explore themes of a country that then and still today, like, Tukibuki is, was made in the 70s and so Atlantic's made today. They still are like both struggling with a country that's in a post-colonized space uh, still and has a ramification still today of uh, France's invasion. Both French and Wolof, which is the language from Senegal, are both used as a language um, and so I find that to be very interesting. I think there's a movie. it's a movie with a lot of depth and a lot going on um, that is quite relevant for what's happening in in that country
1: didn't this movie did this movie win the Palm award it did. It
0: did. first female black director to win the award okay so <laughs> okay yes. that,
1: that's awesome yeah. yeah and it's really cool that because i i recall like this movie made it to netflix pretty yeah. early on and it's kind of cool that because i feel like a lot of these films that do well in the uh, festival circuits you know you don't get a chance to see them until right. months down the line you know like because just recently we got to see a portrait of a lady on fire and yeah you know which
0: a movie i think we both enjoyed yeah um but we didn't get to see it till very late (laughs) yeah no yeah yeah, it's a good film but yeah uh yeah um that's all i really have to say i really enjoyed this movie and i think she's a voice that uh, obviously this is her debut feature film and i think she's someone to look for to see what what she has in store in the future and yeah again. It's on Netflix, so give it a, give it a watch for you a chance. Hell yeah! All right, what do you got for five, man? Number, like, you're not doing this order, but what what's your fifth well, spot? No, no, no. Five is
1: in order. Okay, okay. Um, so number five for me, "Knives Out" by Ryan Johnson. Very nice. I really dig this film. It's a t- it is a genre of film that speaks to me. Love these crime caper Agatha Christie inspired films. And the cool thing about these films is usually you'll get like this cast of superstars which he does here he's very much emulating the style of these films from like yeah you know the 70s and 80s and such and you get an all-star cast and you really just let them go to town and Mm -hmm. that's what he did here in this movie and i love it like every every actor's great in the film yeah there's not a performance that doesn't ring true like i i think all of it's great all the acting is great and one of my favorite moments in cinema from this last year is Tony Collette goofily dancing towards Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. tugging on her to get up and dance yeah and just Jamie Lee just not paying <laughs> attention to her it's really funny that's yeah, a great scene in in the mystery at play it's very simple and it's not like a it's really not a like a who done it like shocker type thing you kind of know what's... but it's just how well crafted the film is mm-hmm. it's just a very tight movie and i find it very enjoyable. It's a film that I can't wait to revisit. I just enjoy watching those actors work, and Ryan Johnson's, like, style. I love all the close-ups and how he frames stuff. Um, the set design was exquisite. Uh, just a stellar production all around. I'm excited that we're getting sequels.
0: Yeah, uh, this is a movie I loved. Uh, it'll be mentioned in my honorable mentions. Uh, glad it made your list, man. Great movie. Had a lot of fun watching it. Like, like you said, it's just Enjoyable to be around those characters, mm-hmm. and Ryan Johnson's a hell of a director. So um, I want to give a quick shout out the Pure Cinema podcast. I think back in November had a uh, mysteries episode where they had Ryan Johnson on as a guest, and I would highly recommend people listen to that. Um, the uh, the co-hosts there are Ellert Kane and Brian Sauer, and it's a it's a great episode. Their podcast is awesome in general, but um, basically Ryan Johnson goes over uh, just. Talks about all the influences for this mm-hmm. movie. It's a genre I have not seen a lot of the movies of. It's very interesting to hear him talk about a lot of the Lamette films like Death Trap and uh-huh. Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, that's a
1: great film. Evil
0: Under the Sun. Which I, Evil Under the Sun. You, it's Guy
1: Hamilton I maybe think, directed yeah, that?
0: I think that's right. Um, he also talks about um, Death on the Nile. Yes, and I think that one was... That might be John Gillerman that did that second one. Okay. Um, so, and, a, and a, a, a few others, but, um, anyway, if, if you want to kind of hear him talk about the gush over, um, kind of like his inspirations for this movie, you should give that a listen too. uh, but yeah, great movie, great pick, man. I love it. I can't wait. I'm with you. I can't wait to revisit it too. All right. We're on to number fours. I think, uh, this is a movie you greatly enjoy here. My number four is Pain and Glory, directed by Pedro Almodovar. I think this is... One of Almodovar's best films that I've seen. I haven't seen a great deal of his work, um, but this is kind of a autobiographical work of sorts, um, and it's probably got, if not the best, one of the best final shots in any movie mm-hmm. I saw all year. It's also a very warm film. I found it to be. Um, it had, I for me, uh, one of the biggest like emotional scenes of all all year. Um, there's a scene where uh the Almodovar character played by antonio banderas uh meets one of his uh former lovers and he enters his apartment and he sees him for the first time in what's been many years and a just a warm embrace happens and just this like it's one of those scenes where where you feel what the characters are feeling yeah, and like you feel that warmth and all the all the love and like also like just remembering a time and trying to remember uh, how you felt about that person all all having those emotions all just Mm -hmm. like rush back in and it's a really beautiful scene but yeah it's it's basically just kind of a movie about this character who really dealing with a lot of past emotions past films that he's made and he's got a lot of ailments and he's (laughs) he's trying to look look forward and and Trying to get inspiration to make something new again, right?
1: I'm going to go ahead and talk about it now because, you know, you brought it up. And like I said, my my top four, so these are movies, There are it's like 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D for me. Like, these movies are so excellent that, like, putting one over the other for me, I just, it, it, it really depends on the mood I'm in, honestly. Like, it could change. Sure. And I, I just felt no, this is just tier one of great films of 2019 for me. So yeah, pain and glory. This is, the director has a spinal um, yes, injury. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Early, early on, like mm-hmm. pretty, pretty recent for him. But he's been living with it for what seems like months now. Yeah, and it seems like he can't adjust to that, and uh, just adjusting to older age, prime being behind him, or what he would think is mm-hmm. his prime, and he's not motivated to work because of the pain that, you yeah. know, he feels from the surgery he can't stand upright mm-hmm. for so long. And then he uh makes a connection with an old colleague because of this hit film he made in the eighties that saw international fame kinda like Al Navarre did. Yeah. And they're doing like a prestige showing of his film. So he mm-hmm. gets in touch with this guy to introduce You know, the actor that he had a falling out with to introduce the film. The actor gets him hooked on um, drugs because it's a nice release from the pain.
0: Heroin, I believe.
1: Yeah, I I think you're right. It's just a nice, like, look in the life of this director. And it does feel like a very personal work. Yeah. The ending is very uplifting and beautiful. The scene you mentioned is one of the best scenes of the year. Like, him Mm -hmm. reconnecting with this former lover. Yeah. That... uh, You know, it just couldn't work between them, between his work and fame. And um, from my understanding, the lover got uh, hooked on drugs and, you know, fell back to his original family. Yeah,
0: it's such a, like, a touching scene. And, and, you know, it's it's one that, like, I just, I felt just a burst of Mm emotion while watching it. Like, it was, it really hit me hard. And so, like. Like we've said in past episodes, when that happens, I take notice. Yeah, um, I, yes. I,
1: it's one of the most beautiful films this year. And the yeah. how do you feel about the intercutting between um, his childhood mm-hmm. and yeah in the current great
0: stuff? Penelope Cruz, uh, yeah. plays his mom. She is so good. Um, I I love the scenes of, of him as a, a child. Mm-hmm. It it makes me think when we're younger, uh, experiences. Happen that are that are very big in like your sexual awakening. Yeah, and we kind of learn um, him as a child what kind of was his first understanding of what he was feeling. Yeah, um, and what turned him on. Needless to say, and I, I think that's a really interesting backstory and in, in looking at on um, how you know he kind of grew up and came of age. A yeah,
1: bit. no, for sure. Yeah, I, I think this is one of the great films and Antonio Banderas deservedly nominated for yeah. Best Actor. So good. It's just a beautiful movie, man. Yeah. Like the, just the framing and stuff. And I, not to get into spoilers, but man, that ending.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's one of, the, one of the best of the year.
1: Yeah. It, it's an easily accessible film too. Uh, it's out yeah. on uh, Blu-ray for streaming on demand. If you haven't seen it, yeah. you should check it out. It's it, it truly ran. is a wonderful film. And
0: this did this make your top 5? Yeah, yeah, this was in my 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 one Okay. Very one nice. Two, uh four. All
1: right. Tier one, Tier 1 of great film.
0: All right. Uh glad we could share that right there, man. So what do you got for uh you're making me go double up here? I just win. All right. Fair. We nice. we we shared that pick. All right, that works. All right. <laughs> so my number 3, we can talk about another one here. This is Uncut Gems directed by the Safdie brothers. Mm. Real quick, I'll just say I'm in love with the Safdies. I've very much enjoyed all their works. Um, I haven't seen, you know the early stuff, but as far going as far back as like heaven knows what um to good time to now this, I, I think there's a a very nice like progression. yeah, progression. thank you. they they just keep getting better in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So good time was a movie I greatly enjoyed. um i I'm with you. I think this is probably their best movie. um and Adam Sandler is we, you know, What's he's a great actor. He's a really know, good actor. Anybody says he's a great actor, and we we had a episode yeah, last year on Billy Madison, I think. Yeah, and, uh, did we, I can't remember. We I think we did Happy Gilmore. We might didn't have. We? I can't remember. Maybe we didn't. Maybe we just did Billy. Madison. <laughs> Maybe we just did Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Madison. It was a mistake on our part. No, we, we just did, did just do Billy Madison because yeah. I rewatched Happy Gilmore in we, a hotel. We should have. We should have done them both. But yeah. Anyway, um, you know, he, he's such. You know, if you want to hear us go on about him as uh, on his com- comedy comedic side, listen to that. But um, you know, he, he's he's a hell of an actor, and he really can do about anything you ask of him. And here he's he's a scumbag, and he's like a despicable character. But like, I, in love my him. opinion, I can't help but like. I I wanted him to when succeed. He's <laughs> pathetic, <laughs> yeah, it but really he's really good, yeah. and you like him, yeah. He's hard to hard to not. He's he's good at what he does. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, I, well, we can get into it here if you want, but I'll just say, um, yeah, I love this movie. This the soundtrack by One Oh Tricks Point Never is amazing. I will say, like, it's it's a little different. Like he also did the soundtrack uh, for Good Time. Mm-hmm. Um, he may have done for Heaven Knows What. I can't remember. I think he did this. This is a little bit different for him as far as you know. This the movie. The movie is. More anxiety ridden, mm-hmm. even in Good Time, I would say, possibly. I was on the edge of my seat the yeah. entire time because I, I think,
1: like, once Good Time reveals itself, yeah, oh, this is a work of absurdity, mm-hmm. like, this is a comedy, right? Then it, the tension kind of eases itself. But in yeah. Uncut Gems, there are very funny moments, yeah, like, he's very funny. The dialogue is hilarious. The use of pop stars like The Weekend, NBA players, and stuff like Kevin it's Garnett. really funny.
0: But yeah, what I wanted to say real quick is just like the soundtrack that's used is it's still like you can tell it's the same guy, but it's mm-hmm. it's not as chaotic. But what's happening on screen is so I found that to more be so a, chaotic. Yes, a very interesting contrast that worked very well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it, I want to say real quick. I, I saw this movie in theaters uh, with my friend Blake. I remember after the movie was over, he goes, man, I just had my butt cheeks clenched the whole time. Yeah. I was like, I had a, I had a napkin, because I was eating popcorn. I had a napkin, and I was like, just, I, it was crushed. I, I didn't even know I was doing it uh-huh. at the end of the movie. I was just, crushed this napkin in my hand. I was just clinging onto it the whole
1: time. Yeah, well, and I think it, the movie works as well as it does, is because of Sandler's charisma. Uh, like, you this is a person you shouldn't care about because he's he's just a pathetic shithead. Right. His natural charisma carries over so much that it sells his character and you are invested in what happens to him and it's like, you just want him to make good decisions. Right.
0: And it doesn't work out. It's just, it's like, funny and tragic. It's, at least for both of us, we, we find ourselves somewhat rooting for him. Each time he does something, something is work. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do this a step further, and you're yeah. saying him, like, "No, please stop." Uh huh. But he can't stop, and it's insane. Also, real quick, want to give a shout out to Julia Fox, um, who plays kind of his uh mistress side piece. Yeah. Um, she Dude, is she's so good, really great. Um, I hope to see her in more things because yeah. I was very impressed with her.
1: No, she was really funny. Like her, her playing off of Sandler, like it was fantastic. They're both great. But that entire sequence in the club with her and the weekend, yes, and then Sandler getting involved is freaking brilliant.
0: Yeah, so good. The, the last thing I'll say: I, the Safties I think, are they are unmistakably them. True auteurs working now. What when when you watch a film of them, you know it's them, and I really respect that. I love it. I can't wait to see what they do next. And I think this is their best movie to date. I I agree. It's a wonderful film. Very nice. Alright, man. What do you got next?
1: Alright, so going alphabetical in my tier one of films. Um, so we already covered Pain and Glory. So, Avengers Endgame. Okay. This was my favorite movie in when we did the middle of the year one. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the Russo Brothers. I think there's even more to appreciate about this film now. Seeing how like some series have wrapped up their sagas. Uh, Rise of Sk- Skywalker was a big pile of shit. like it was terrible yeah we can agree for sure on that i i think it's a really good film in Mm -hmm. that there's not that much action that's a three-hour epic yeah it is it's funny and very like touching Yep. and it brings an end to many characters arcs that i i would say as a general public like people are invested in these characters and what happens at the end of this movie, I think, will probably stand in people's memories more than a lot of pop films from recent years.
0: Yes, uh, I will say, great pick. This was a movie that surprised the hell out of me. Um, I was—you don't like the Russo brothers; they're not my favorite. Like um, you, yes, I, I have some. You I, thought Infinity War was fine. I thought it was fine. You weren't like, excited about it. That's though. true, but it—it it ended up being fine. I didn't didn't love it, but also like kind of like in the middle. Uh, yeah, you know. But I—but it made me interested to see how the story was going to end and um I will say for me this is their best movie I agree it, it did something that I didn't think they could pull off as as me someone who has never read the comics I've seen all the movie you know I watched the movies yeah. I'm interested I didn't think they could make me feel something uh-huh. for characters I don't really care about did you get do you get the feels from the guardian films
1: I did number 2 cuz I feel like yes. he, like James Gunn has yeah, absolutely like, number 2 got good me handle. number 2 got me good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> one didn't. One didn't. Two did. We are Groot. Doesn't get you. No, but two, two got me, man. Stone cold heart, man. I know. <laughs> but in game. I mean, that the first thirty minutes just it's kind of anxiety like yeah. filled. Yeah, it, it really got to me. Um, I think they did a really good job of like dealing with grief, but also like I think what's a lot of like our superhero movies and like our big action movies have dealt a lot with like. 911 since right. it happened and that I, that really was on my mind. Well, and
1: that's been how like comics have been too. Yeah. It was, you know,
0: very heavy with
1: 911
0: stuff. Sure. And uh that just, you know, just 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 thinking about all that stuff. Uh-huh. They did he they did a really good job with it.
1: We can talk spoilers because this movie's yeah. been out for a while and like everybody has seen this film. that yeah. it was going to go see this film, right? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's freaking brilliant that the first 30 minutes of the film, they kill Thanos. Yep. Like, they get right. revenge and stuff, and then it does the time jump, like, five yep. years forward. Like, your heroes did not win the way you thought they would. Yeah. This movie's not going to go the way you think it is. And I think that's what's most surprising about the film, is that the whole film is kind of a surprise. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't go how you think it would go. Yeah. Like, everybody's just kind of, like, down in the shit, man. Yeah. Like... And it's not one of those, like, it's not bad for everybody. Like, yep. the Hulk figures his shit out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tony figures his shit out. Like, he has a yep. kid. He has he,
0: a good life. He moves on. Yeah, he's, when they end up having to deal with it, like, he he's very unsure if he wants to deal right. with it. And I
1: I think it's interesting, like, putting into perspective, like, I think that helps the stakes be more important. Because I think everybody's assumption was after infinity war it's like well they're going to get the stones and reverse everything that happened and this movie it's like no we're not doing that not in the way you think we are because it's like we've created new stakes for these characters that you didn't expect and i i really like that i thought and it's basically before the like 40-minute scene at the end that's a giant, like, superhero battle, which I actually think it's their best giant superhero battle. I think it's the best one in the series since the original Avengers. I
0: will say it's... For me, it was... It's it's the best action scene that the Russo brothers have done, in my opinion. I agree. There, you can actually... It's nice to try and understand what's happening. Yeah. Spatial awareness.
1: There's also like really good hero moments. Yeah. There's a lot of crowd pleasing things throughout the film. And there are stakes in that, that, you know, in, in after seeing infinity war, which I did like that movie a lot, but you know, the end of that movie just was like CGI monster battle. Sure. And the fact that they kind of, they kind of do the same thing, but it works and it feels better. And you're rooting for every single character on screen that you've Mm -hmm. seen, you know, over the
0: last 10 years. And most of them get their moment.
1: Yeah. They do a really good job of like making you care Mm -hmm. about everything. And it's a very somber, meditative film for most of its runtime. And it's also like shockingly funny given the stakes. That's true.
0: Fat Thor forever. Fat
1: there? Thor is really awesome. And the fact that they stick with it, they don't reverse yep. it. It's just... yep, Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, it, a good movie. I, I yep. think it's... I think it is as good as the original Avengers, which I think is like... That's like... Those two films are their like touchstones for the yep. whole series.
0: I will say it is in my top three. Of Marvels? Yep. Of the Marvel movies.
1: Is, is it... Uh, that, Guardians 2, and Avengers. OG Avengers. Yep.
0: You nailed it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> good pick, man. Good movie. that's a good, good movie. movie. Yeah. Alright. Okay, uh... So, we are up to number twos now. Well, man, we're, we're moving through this. I thought you would have more cheats. I know, right? <laughs> we'll have a lot to say because I'm pretty sure... Maybe I'll throw a curveball
1: at you. You'll say what, what you <laughs> have and I'll say shit movie. Yeah, right?
0: Because yeah. we're just been... <laughs> All right. Well, um, number two is I've got parasite. Oh, by... what a piece of shit! <laughs> what a what a shitty film directed by Bong Joon Ho. <laughs> yeah, that's on my list too. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. Uh, I will just say, like, this is probably one of the best directed films of the year. Um, I love this movie. I've seen it twice. Um, it was one of the coolest moments I've had in a long time when it won the academy award which i think is so cool not only um for people who love the movie but i think um like just in culture like i think it's awesome that a foreign film won best picture i i think it's not only is it a major course correction from last year where Mm -hmm. like the green book won,
1: which like i know you don't like that film it's a movie that would have won the like best picture 20 years ago sure like it's okay it feels like not only a course
0: correction for that, but it feels like it is opening the door. Yeah. The best movie of the year can win. It was, I mean, it was shocking. Yeah. When it won. I mean, I think we were both expecting... Well, and they kept, like, building right. steam. Yeah.
1: And then it's like, once he won yeah. Best Director, it's like, oh shit.
0: Yeah. He's got a chance. They got a chance. Yeah. And it was, it was, it's a moment I don't think any of us will forget anytime soon. One of the best Oscar moments. It was. It was, it was... Really great. What do you love about this
1: movie? A modern take on like a Hitchcock type story. Absolutely. It's but it's so masterfully done. Yeah. This movie is a perfectly made film. The acting is very good. Mm -hmm. It's very funny. The the things that he is saying, I think, get across on the screen regardless of language barriers. Yeah. yeah. You get what's going on, and I think that's also how good he is visually at telling his stories. That right. he is a visual filmmaker. Yes, he is. He is. Th- that helps the movie crossover. I mean, this movie made like what forty or fifty million in the American box office. It did. Foreign
0: films don't do yeah. that
1: it, when they come here. It made some
0: major bank. The
1: only movie to do that type of business was what? Crouching Tiger. Yep. Yeah. Man, the twist halfway through yeah. is, like, that for me, the feelings that this movie gave me are equal to the first time that I watched Old Boy. Yeah. Like, that's how I felt. Yeah. And it's it hits you like a punch to the gut. I found myself, I'm just surprised at, like, some of the audaciousness that I'm seeing yeah. in this story. I feel like once you know what's going on in the movie, once you hit that halfway point... It's like all bets are off. Yeah, anything could happen in this movie, but I'm just excited to see where he takes it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, I'm just gonna say right now, if you haven't seen Parasite, um, fast forward for a few minutes. Um, we're gonna do spoilers. Okay. right Now, I will say the moment that got me the most was the kick. Oh. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, crazy stuff is happening at this point. At this point, but when the mom. Of the lower class family, yeah, Uh, kicks the the used to be made Uh (laughs) down the stairs. (laughs) I was in shock. Also, I was like, "How did you film that?" Uh Also, oh my god, right, (laughs) man, blew my mind. That Mm -hmm. was amazing. Just how intricate he is. Like them being in the basement of being the lower class. Yeah, when they get to this nice house, they all get jobs there. Very cleverly you know going up the stairs a lot the mm-hmm. high class when then we get down to the basement again like it, there's so much going on that I, I love so much the man the last 10 minutes of this movie oh it's insane oh my god the dad of the lower class family like i'm not doing names here so i apologize i probably mess them up anyway <laughs> but he during the movie the guy from the higher class is telling him how much he notices the smell of, like, yeah. the subway and this... Man, my heart goes out for them when everything bad is happening at once. Not only with that house, but, like, then their home gets, gets flooded, gets flooded and... and everything. One of my favorite shots of the year is, like, <laughs> the the girls by the toilet as it just, like, the shits uh-huh. overflowing the toilet. But that, that last scene, man, where the dad is telling him about, Hey, you know what? Um, I know you're not happy. That you're here but you need to put on a happy face Mm -hmm. and act like you're happy because you're getting paid right now right and then him again mentioning like the smell and it just it it all builds up just Mm -hmm. and he loses it you know like it hit me man
1: yeah (laughs) yeah it's really good it's you know it, it works uh in a lot of the ways that like he was the things he was doing when the Snowpiercer. Yeah, sure. the class warfare stuff. But this seems even more brutal. Yeah, this
0: <laughs> is... I like Snowpiercer, but this is, like, the better... I don't want to... I'm not trying to dish Snowpiercer. This is no, Snowpiercer's like, good. This is... Yeah, this is... This is, like... This, this, is is this is his best film. Taking the themes of that movie and upping it.
1: Yeah. In a recognizable, like, uncomfortable way. Because Snowpiercer is... It's... You know, if you take it on those terms, it is very science fiction, heavy-handed. Right. This is what could happen if we continue down this path. While this film is very recognizable. Of, oh, shit. I recognize this. This yep. is something that I see every day. Mm-hmm. Not to the extreme of circumstances that he puts these people through, but, you yep. know, these are recognizable situations.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: What a movie. Yeah. No,
0: it's stellar it's probably the best movie of the year it is one of my me, favorites it is probably the best directed as you will see it not my personal favorite yeah but i think it's probably the best directed movie of the year and if you disagree you know whatever I think tier one wrong, movie but. yeah yeah <laughs> all right um am i going again here's the thing i think i know <laughs> what your numero
1: uno movie is right and that's also the next thing. I think this is the most synchronicity we've ever had on a list episode yeah, before. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like... Because if you just substitute yeah. Avengers and Uncut Gems... Yeah. Like, I think we have the same list. And Atlantics. Oh, that's right. Atlantics.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there anything... on? Ha- have we... Is there anything... Before we get to my number one... uh uh-huh. Is there anything left on your list that... No, just the
1: honorable things. Okay.
0: Unless... Are you doing a tie? I'm doing a tie on my number one. Your number one's a tie? It is a tie.
1: Well, let's have a short break of the five best video games that I played of 2019. Okay, here we go. From 2019. All right. Number five, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. Very nice. This is a love song to uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night style games. It is made by Ikara... I think that's the guy's name he's the guy who did symphony of the night he does those style of games uh the game boy advance games
0: i will just say real quick i have played a little of this game not enough mm-hmm. <laughs> i like it i have a tendency to like play games and then for some reason stop for a while <laughs> i'll get back to it great choice love this game
1: it is an excellent game number four mortal Kombat 11 this is one of the greatest fighting games ever made i think that mortal Kombat, like nether realms does such a good job on their fighting games because they while the games are pretty well balanced for multiplayer and that's you know where fighting games like that's where they make their cheddar uh mortal Kombat has always offered a wonderful suite for uh single player Mm -hmm. um their story modes are always good this is actually a competently told story for a fighting game i really enjoyed it a lot uh the story was excellent the combat's great uh, that's combat with a K. Okay, nice. Uh, Yeah, I, I just like it a lot. It's a good game. Number three, Borderlands 3. Nice. Another uh, game
0: I've played. How about that?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things that were going against this game as it led up to its release. Uh, Its mouthpiece for Andy Pitchford might be a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's a nice guy and just comes <laughs> off as a doofus. Whatever. Um, <laughs> But... I didn't have that much interest in this game. Like I was like, yeah, I'll play it whenever. And then, you know, I got it when it was on sale, and me and Mel just blew through it. Like, mm-hmm. I think we put, like, 40 hours straight into that game. It's it's really, really good. It is it is a very good version of Borderlands. Yeah,
0: it's like, everything you liked about 2 just tweaked a little bit, made it a little better. Yeah, a little it, sharper. It's a fun game. I haven't finished it yet. I'm, I'm probably, like, two-thirds of the way through the main campaign. Like it a lot. Love it. I love Borderlands. Yeah.
1: It's got a really fun grind to it. Very nice. Number two. Control. Okay. So, I think that this comes from Remedy. They are responsible for the first two Max Payne games. They also did uh, Alan Wake and Quantum Break. Um, this is... If you were to apply Altour theory to video games... Mm-hmm. This studio is very, like, fitting for that. Very nice. um, these are all sort of interconnected stories that are not... They, they're separate, but they have their own universe that everything, like, ties in coincidentally. Okay. Uh, it's an excellent game. It plays really well. It's got a very, like, Twins peaky, just insane X-Files sort of vibe to it. I... And it, it's also... It's kind of got a little X-Men... You know, like, you have characters with powers. Okay. It feels good. And it, it just plays well. It's a fun game. The story's exciting. I think you would actually like it. It's okay. a... It's an art house game, Sweet. basically.
0: Uh, random question, right offhand, do you have any, like, other games from this studio you're talking about that, other than Control, like, yeah, that yeah. they've also done? Yeah, so Max Payne
1: uh, okay. 1 and 2. And um, Alan Wake, which was on the 360. Okay. I thought that was an excellent game. Quantum Break, which oh, yeah. came out pretty early in the Xbox One's life. Um, that came, it, it's a third-person action game, but mixed with FMV. Control feels like they've taken all of their ideas and made the best game out of those ideas. Okay. Cool. It's like the culmination of all of their stuff. There's... This isn't really spoiling it for you because you'll probably forget about it by the time if you ever play it. But there's I'm a sure. part where you like enter a cigarette tray okay. maze, and it's playing like heavy metal. Nice. It's the soundtrack of the game, like when you're you're going through, and it's like near, it's, it's aiding and telling the story, and it's just a metal band singing about what's going on. And you're working your way through this maze, killing guys. It's a very cool sequence. I'm not doing it justice. You, They also do f and V in this, where okay. I don't know the actor's name, but he's so wonderful. It's kind of this mad scientist character. And at one point, you find near the end, like, you find out that he's kind of losing his mind because of this influence mm-hmm. that's overtaken the building. In He goes and sings a disco song. There's a two minute video of this guy just doing disco talking about how your character's just gonna do good. I'm into that,
0: it's insane. Now, do you have this on digital or uh, I've got it on
1: disc, you could borrow it. I'll borrow this one, it's very good. Very nice. Um, my number one, which probably is not a surprise, Resident Evil 2, the remake, very nice. Resident Evil 2, the original, is one of my favorite games ever, and the remake is quite excellent. Uh, they bring <coughs> the gameplay from Resident Evil 4 and meld that with the old-style Resident Evils. I think it's a very accessible game for... Because you probably would have a hard time going back and playing some of those old PlayStation I would, ones. I would agree, yeah. A lot of people don't do well with tank controls. Right. This gameplay is good. It's so graphically violent. Like, bothersome violent. Okay. It, it's cool. I, I really like the game a lot. It's got a ton of replayability. There's like four different campaigns. Plus all this like side story stuff on there. It's Wait, an excellent video game. Another
0: one I will have to borrow sometime. Indeed. Well done. All right. Are we ready to get into our number one spots? Yes, sir. Tell me what you got. All right. Um, so uh, I've got a tie here for number one. Anyone who has listened to our, of the, our top ten of the decade uh-huh. list. Well, no. Um, this uh, double feature I'm calling uh, "Late Career Masterpieces" from master directors. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, directed by Quentin Tarantino, and The Irishman, directed by Martin Scorsese. Uh, let's talk about The Irishman first. Get it, get it done here. Uh huh. It was in your top ten. Yes. I was happy to see that there. Uh, Did you think I would put it in my top ten since I, I give you grief? I was a little. I didn't know if it would make it or not. Um, I know you just you like to give me shit, but I also know it's still you had some issues with with the CGI. The CGI is really bad in the sure. movie. Um what I will say for me is um I had similar issues with that like you on first view. Um second view it, I I don't know it just it didn't bother me at all. I just like kind of just fell into the film. Um so like the second viewing for me was kind of like The first time I saw it was in theaters, which is awesome. It was Mm -hmm. great to see in theater. But, like, second time I watched it was on Netflix. I watched it full through. I didn't, like, have... No breaks? No no breaks? Um, I just found it to be very rewarding on second view. And I I just kind of fell in love with the movie. I like what he's doing. This is a movie that's kind of, in a way, reflecting a little bit, like, on his past Mm -hmm. movies that he's made in the gangster genre. Vibing off Goodfellas in this. There's a scene in the movie... You know, in Goodfellas, there's the famous long take of the uh, club they go into. Yeah, the cabana. The, the cabana. In this one, it's like, <laughs> they show you the cabana. There's no going into it. It's just like a shot. It, there's no like style or flair about yeah, it. One
1: of those long takes in this is a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So, like, the movie
0: <laughs> opens and ends with, yeah, long take through nursing home, um, which is very pointed, I guess, yeah. for what he's going for in this film a lot of like there are um a lot of hits and deaths in this film in the past where it's been very like stylized in the way Uh that he shoots those deaths here it's like very quick to the point and done he kind of he i think he takes a lot of the style out and is just trying to be more meditative on the genre and i I find that to be very interesting Uh um i love the movie um De Niro for me, I, I think is good, but I, I think the best performances for me are Pesci and Pacino. I we think agree they on that. are both so good, and like, carry the film. I am when they are on screen, like it for me. It's like some of the best filmmaking of the year for me. I, I just I, I'm drawn to them as characters in this movie.
1: Is it Pacino's best performance since like, yeah, the 80s? I, it's got to be. I mean. Like, I like him in Heat, yeah, and I sure. like him in any given Sunday, but he's kind of doing his own like he's doing his character thing yeah. in those movies. It just works for those movies because yeah, right. it's like you have directors that can kind of yeah. rein it in and work it for the yeah. film. Yep. Yeah. Um he's been kind of one note since uh, Scent of a Woman. Yeah, absolutely. Wah.
0: And you know, he like it's in this movie, like, he has moments of pacino but, like, it yeah. works
1: for the character. I mean, he's always had that, though, you know, right. even in, like, the Godfather movies, his, like, his yep. famous change of volume for when he's mm-hmm. excited or angry, yep. like, that's always been a thing. It's just, uh, I mean, <laughs> it, the, was it Heat, where that's, like, yep. the gift stuff, the right. most funny stuff. Yep. The, great ass! Yep, just got a great ass. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> But I mean, he he does it in this, but it is a like he does, but it, it's it, a more quiet performance. It is, and, it, and I, I think, <coughs> in my opinion, I think Scorsese does a good job with with that fitting into his character. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I think of you know Do one we have of my, COVID? yes, I'm um, no, I don't. I hope not. <laughs> no, I just got choked on my own spit. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> um, one of my favorite scenes scenes of the movie with him, like. "Quote unquote," where he's having a moment. Yeah, is a moment where he's got people in his office. Uh-huh. And it's something bad has happened, and he's chewing out everyone. <laughs> And De Niro is not in there. He thinks De Niro's character is in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he's basically just dropping F-bombs and telling everyone how incompetent they are.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> felt like they're doing a bad job defending him. Yeah. Because um, he's on trial. Yep. Yeah.
0: And so after that happens, like, he's had a crazy Pacino freakout yeah. moment. He comes out because he realizes De Niro's not in there. He comes out, De Niro's outside, and he's... <laughs> And De Niro's like, "No, I am sorry. I messed up. De Niro was in there." I'm, yeah, he I'm, didn't sorry. Think I'm sorry. i yeah. I completely messed up. I'm sorry. Forget that. De Niro was in the room. He was He in the didn't room. think De Niro was he in the think, room. didn't think. Yes, thank you. I'm sorry. Cuz so, he didn't mean to chew him out. Right. He realizes De Niro was in there. <laughs> he sees him leave. He follows him out. And De Niro's like, "Yeah, I, I don't well, want to Like I got to take I'm, the I'm shit out of this. And he's like, "No, no. It wasn't meant, yeah. meant to you." you know, Pacino, I don't I don't even know what yeah. he said. He's playing Jimmy Hoff. Jimmy Hoff, exactly. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, th- this is based on the book, um, I, paint I, houses, I Paint Houses, which is based on De Niro's character. I forget his name. I, I'm i sorry, I'm gonna, yeah, I, I forgot his name too, and I'm not gonna look right now, so I'm sorry. I mean, he <laughs> might be the least important character yeah, in his own movie. No, it, it's true, and um, so <laughs> this this is like, this, this book was based on him um, claiming this is what happened to Jimmy Hoffa and all this. That's really not... It doesn't really matter, it, I no, that, No, um, it's, it's it's a
1: meditative look that, yeah. I think what he, like, the main thing this movie is getting at, because his other movies never really stop to ask, are these people redeemable? Right. Like, mm-hmm. are they going to go to heaven or hell? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it, it, does that even matter? Like, yeah. you know, what do these people have after this life? Right. You know, um... Because I don't think any of his previous crime movies have looked... I mean, it looks at the end of people's lives, but it's because the lives have been cut off too short because right. they did something stupid and died. Right. Mm-hmm. And this follows De Niro all the way to old age.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you have forgot about your family, you have you forgot about everything that, to, to like me and you, probably would be important, and you've put your whole life in this, and like... But the reason they did it
1: in the first place, mm-hmm. is to provide for his family. Right. And it, you know... It didn't matter. It didn't matter.
0: Yeah. It's... I love it. I don't know. I, I love it. That's a really good film. Uh, I'm... It's one of those movies, like, I know it's long. It's three and a half hours long, and to be honest, I, I can't wait to watch it again when I have the time, um, and yeah, I, I would highly recommend people watch it. I know it's kind of a task, uh, you would think, but... I think you will enjoy the movie.
1: So. I think it flows really. The only like, the only thing that is kind of a hurdle is the bad CGI De Niro stuff because yeah. you know there are moments where he's acting like a man in his twenties or thirties, right. and the grocery scene is is the he one doesn't have the about. physicality yeah. to pull it off. Yeah, it, it just looks off. Yeah, right. World War Two flashbacks bad. Also. I know it doesn't bother you, but the Anna one being in the film, like, her character doesn't really serve much of a purpose. Yeah. and It's I know kind of distracting. You had some
0: issues with that. It, it doesn't bother me at all. I, to me, it it worked completely fine. Which... And it's
1: not, like, you know me, it's not from, like, a, you know, social justice warrior type thing sure. of, like, it, it just, it felt weird how it's shown in the film.
0: And yeah. I, I know, to be honest, I am interested in... If you get to watch it again at some point, I would, I'm interested in how it plays for you on Yeah, second, I think mean, it's coming out of Criterion, time. so I'll probably buy the disc and, yeah. you know, watch it that way. Yeah, for sure. But okay. yeah,
1: I, I'm, I mean, I'm excited to watch it again. Yeah. I mean, obviously I have excitement for Scorsese. I've been watching, going yeah. through his films so slowly for over sure. the last like three or four months.
0: Yeah. You just rewatched Casino the other night.
1: Masterpiece.
0: Great movie, man. Yeah. yeah. A better movie than Irishman, in my opinion. You don't have to talk about that. I'm not going to say. I love them both. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to get into what, I guess, is this technically your number one movie? Well, I mean. Or is again, it up there as like. My tier. Just my tier. Tier. Okay, yeah, yeah. tier. Yeah. Yeah. So a, I got one A, one B, one C, one D. This is my other number one. And, and for you, this is just one we'll talk about. Yeah. You know,
1: uh, any given day I could put this Avengers Pain and Glory or Parasite in depending on my mood. And I'm like this shit rocks all right once upon a time in hollywood yes tarantino man this is a weird one for me because i felt like i was slightly disappointed when i came out of the theater not that i thought it was a bad film or nothing like that i just i was i was going through the rolodex of how i felt about his movies and for whatever reason I, i my instant reaction was like I don't know if I like this more than you know, Inglorious Bastards. Do I like this more than Pulp Fiction? Like, how do I feel about this as a work? But it's one of those movies I haven't rewatched it. I I just haven't sat down and found the time. But I remember all of it. I keep coming back to it. Like I keep thinking about scenes. I think about that ending all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm I've grown to appreciate the film more as I've been distanced from it. Because I do keep thinking about it, mm-hmm. like I I've thought about this film, you know, more than I ever thought about, you know, Django Unchained or Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Like after you know those films, mm-hmm. you know, and those are films I really like. Sure, but this film, there's something about it that there's this it's it's his style, but it's a very like thoughtful romantic film, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's something that's usually lacking in his work. Like it is a very both of the films you picked are very uh, meditative are. films. This has more spunk style and energy. Sure. But it's still... Yep. It's kind of
0: speaking on the same thing. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, kind of about getting older. About, you know... Romanticizing old the Hollywood. Pa- the past, right. Exactly. Uh, absolutely. And it's it's kind of... Um, the, by the end of the film... Can we... We can talk about spoilers? Yeah, this, again, we will be spoiling uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, for those who have not Which seen Which
1: has it. been out on disc for many, many months now. Yes. It's super accessible. You should watch it. Yeah. Uh, so, by the end of the film, you know, Rick Dalton ends up uh, with his stuntman, uh, what's this? Cliff. Cliff? Cliff Booth. Cliff Booth. Um, and that's another thing. A movie that, you know, watched many months ago, to remember names of characters... Yeah. Just offhand... Very, very powerful yeah. acting by those two. But, so they stop the Manson gang from murdering Sharon Tate. Right. And the movie, the whole movie, plays on this knowledge that you as a viewer have that Sharon Tate is going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, these are going to be the Hollywood, like, this is the Hollywood murders. It, as far as surprises go, what might happen is, you know, these two doofuses during their, you know, adventures through old Hollywood, they might get themselves killed too. Right. That's what I was thinking yep. anyways. But no, they they stop um, the Manson cult in bloody, hilarious fashion. Yep. And Rick gets this invite up to the Polanski house yep. to, you know, about, like, what just happened. Yep. And it, it's kind of like his in to this new Hollywood. Right. That is starting to, you know, unveil itself. So it's almost like a perfect marriage of, you know, old Hollywood and new Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And also the ending, you get that titler. And I found just the titler alone made me sad and somber. Yeah. The once upon a time. Right. Because it's like, it's like, that's what you want to happen. And a lot of it is mm-hmm. a credit to how good Margot Robbie is in the film. Sure. All as right. Sharon. Uh, just her watching herself act in the middle of the movie. Yep. One like of the buying a ticket of the year, to the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's phenomenal. Yep. Um but it's that's what you want to happen. Right. But it that's not what happened. Like yeah. innocence was lost. Right. You know, everything kinda went awful. Yeah. It's... and it it's a bummer and it's that ending, man, it just makes you long for something that you know, that you can't have. Could have been. Yeah. Right?
0: It, yeah, it, it's it's one of the... I, I think it's one of my, my favorite endings of the year. um Just that, that last... Yeah. That last shot. um Because it is, like, one of those things where... In the movie, it's a happy ending, right? Yeah. But in reality... It's sad. It's, it's a tragic ending. Mm-hmm. Because it, it is something that we know in reality didn't happen. And so, and and I think Tarantino does a, does a good job shooting it because he's got some very, in my opinion, eerie music that plays mm-hmm. over that end scene. And then the way he shoots it while shooting up with those yeah. words coming up. The crane shot. It's very much just like, yes, this could have happened. It doesn't happen in real life, mm-hmm. but we're going to pretend that it did and everything would be so much better, probably. Probably. Um, But, of course, reality is it didn't happen that way. And it is, like, uh, it is... I had some mixed emotion, Not, like, mad about the movie. I'm just talking about, like, inner emotions of, like, I'm happy, but also very sad at the same time. And, I don't know, I I think it's brilliant. I I love the ending to that movie. Um, Real quick, uh, like, on that movie, like, is there a with tarantino like he always has standout scenes is uh-huh. there a particular standout scene that that um hits you more than others in this movie
1: <laughs> i mean we already talked about her watching herself yeah in the uh it the tony curtis movie yeah um like that's excellent that whole exchange about her buying a ticket and mm-hmm. them not recognizing her and yeah Bringing yep. up, uh, you know, Valley of the Dolls and such, <laughs> like, right. oh, that's who you are, yes. mm-hmm. and just like her na- naivety. Na- yep, I can't naivete. She comes off as something, someone that you want to protect. Yeah, um, yep. and yeah, it's excellent. I uh, the scene with Bruce Lee is really good, and we're... I I think it's silly that people are offended by that scene. Sure. He he was an arrogant dude,
0: yeah, and also I don't think it happened.
1: I think. Right. That's him imagining if he fought Bruce Lee. Yeah.
0: Because he's going through those scenarios in his head while yeah. he's on, on the roof with his shirt off. Oh. And he's an
1: unreliable narrator. Right. Like, the whole thing about Cliff's character is right. that maybe he killed his wife and right. people don't want to work with him mm-hmm. because of that. It's, and they do that <laughs> cutaway of the right.
0: accidentally... It's like one of those things, like, probably with a lot of Hollywood people... It's a rumor that has been around. Did it happen or not? Right. Quentin isn't interested in giving us the exact answer, but it's something to think about.
1: Also, Cliff on the the ranch that has like that is about as tense as like uncut yeah. gems because you think something's yeah. going to
0: happen. That was that is my personal favorite. Scene yeah. in the movie. I, again, I love the whole movie, but like masterful it was to just build of tension. Yes. Quentin, uh, he's great at that, and for me, like, that is him at, like, his peak mm-hmm. right there is in, in that whole scene at, why oh, can't I think of the name of the ranch? Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I, I can't either. Yes. You just say the Manson. Yeah, you know. Just brilliant. <laughs> Man, and freaking,
1: like, Dalton shooting, like, the TV episode, that whole yeah. sequence, him having the breakdown in his trailer. Yes,
0: absolutely. Brilliant. <laughs> We couldn't have just three whiskey sours. Yep, that to <laughs> me, not quite Nicolas Cage level of Mandy, but in the same ballpark. Yeah, no, Leo's like bringing it like mm-hmm.
1: top notch. Yep. He's killing it. Yep, so good. And yep. he's <laughs> him being dressed as a character just makes it all the better. Yep, him like talking with the little girl and <laughs> the mm-hmm. actress, and <laughs> him crying from her
0: compliment.
1: Yes. There's just so many good character moments in this movie. And that's one of those things that I love to see is great actors just working.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll just say like a, a moment that I don't know if it, it depends if you have the same humor as me or not, but like one of the funniest moments of the whole year for me, very small moment in the movie when the Manson family pulls up to, um, uh, the house, um, there, and, uh, Leo comes out yeah. with his frozen margaritas. <laughs> and he's this just, like, is... in his robe, think, yeah. and just, like, sloshing that margarita around. Well, oh, like...
1: yeah, and they just took, uh, LSD, right? <laughs> right? That's right. Like, they yeah. had the LSD-laced, uh, marijuana cigarette?
0: Yeah. 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 Good stuff. Yeah. That, that, that is one of my favorite moments. Very small moment, but something that got me. Dude, and the, the soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, Quentin's
1: a superb curator yes. mm-hmm. of popular music for his film. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And this is uh, no exception. Exception. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I could find the word Dude, there.
1: Vanilla Fudge, man, at the end. That's right. That song works so fucking good. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: The, uh, I, I love the Rolling Stone song that is played like um, towards like when the sun is going down yeah. in L.A. and, like, you're seeing all their lives kind of inter Yeah, inter- the Yeah. Um, it's it's absolutely brilliant. And, um, and the production design is so fucking good. So good. good. Um, Costuming. Just, like, like, it's just a great, yeah,
1: greatly made it's film. It's
0: so good. One thing, I'll, you know, again, I, I know this has been said so many times, it the middle part of the film just works so well. as like, just this Hangout movie and, like, I could watch Brad Pitt drive around in his car listening to music or, like, commercials or whatever uh-huh. I, I could just watch a whole movie of that just like the the way he shoots that is just so, yeah so good um yeah great movie great year great year. Of movies yeah um what's really you know like you said man I, I like that we had a lot of uh similar films in our top five which does not happen very often no
1: we usually have very different yeah films but i i think that also speaks to like how good these films are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, like, in any other given year, like, Uncut Gems would be, like, my number one movie, sure. Hand Down. It's, or, like, uh, The Irishman would be my number one movie, sure. Flaws and All. Or Rolling Thunder Review. Like, it's just been such a solid year. It really
0: says a lot about 2019. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, right. I'll let you go first this time, since I've gone mostly first. Do You want to run down your honorable mentions. Yeah,
1: mine will probably be shorter than yours, too. So... As I said earlier in the show, I the way I talk about films for these type of episodes, it, it's films I would care to revisit or that, you know, something about them, even if it's a flawed movie, like something about it, like I really enjoyed, sure. or something stuck out to me and I want to like revisit it. So there are films that I have probably rated higher than some of the films that I will list here. But these are films that and some of these might just be in my mind because I've watched them recently, so we'll see if they stick around. Yeah. But uh uh let's see I got Jojo Rabbit. I really enjoyed that. 1917. Uh First Love. Ford vs. Ferrari. Doctor Sleep, which we watched the Director's Cut last night. We did. The Director's Cut I feel is a much a better paced movie. Uh it just it feels like a more complete film. Not that the theatrical cut was bad in any way. I just, it made me have a greater appreciation.
0: I will just say, um, I didn't get to see it in theaters, so this was my first time watching it last night. Um, will not make my honorable mentions, but I liked the movie. It's a good year, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed that movie. I'm glad we watched it. Yes. Crawl. Yeah, yes. Like that
1: movie a lot. Ad Astra. Mm-hmm. Rocket Man. Long Shot shazam us john wick chapter 3 and you know a couple of movies that i was thinking about that didn't show up on my year like when i was looking through the year thing mm-hmm. because they probably released earlier uh climax i really dug and the shadow i i really nice. liked
0: a lot very nice all right what you what you very got nice. okay i will go here <laughs> so i basically Um, this isn't quite correct, because I had some cheats, but this would be the rest of my top 25. I'll put it that way. So this is basically 11 through 25. Um, again, you can... Are they in order? No. (laughs) okay. And again, you can probably place these instead of other ones I picked in my 6 through 10. Uh Uh-huh. Just whatever, you know? But these are films that I very much enjoyed from 2019. I've got The Souvenir... But uh, uh, I've got "Amazing Grace," "A Hidden Life," "Little Women," "High Life," "Ad Astra," "Her Smell," "Us," "Ashes," "Purest White," "Knives Out," "Ford vs Ferrari," "Portrait of a Lady on Fire," "The Image Book," "The Beach Bum," and "Relaxer."
1: I really like "Relaxer." I forgot that came out this year. Yeah. That would be on my list.
0: Yeah, we watched that together. I know. I mean, we really enjoyed that one. So it didn't show up on my thing. Yeah. I did the twenty nineteen like the scan and it wasn't <laughs> on there. You know. I'm sh- that's a good film. It was, yeah. Uh yeah, I so like- I will say like those are just all that top twenty five, whatever. I've got plenty of movies just outside that that like most years would be inside that top yeah. twenty five. A lot of movies I like this year. Where does Rise of Skywalker rank for you? Uh that would probably... Uh, probably, if I'm just right offhand, probably somewhere in the 70s or 80s. Is that the, the most disappointing movies. film this I was, year? I was very disappointed because I, I quite enjoyed. Uh, like Godzilla, King of the Monsters is better, right? That um, there's some visuals. That was those are those are both disappointments for me. But Godzilla
1: shorter. That's true. Yeah. And the Rodan scene um, was pretty yeah. cool. Him coming out of the volcano.
0: Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's true. I will say, like that might be a little different than you is like mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker, yes, not a good movie at all. I watched like I watched those movies with my parents, so like I had a fun time watching it. Right. I will also say it was not a good movie, but I had a good theatrical experience watching it. See, I didn't because I was excited for it. Right. No, I, absolutely and I will say I was too, but yes, I was there was a little
1: upper halfway through Baba Frick. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, he's 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 a treasure.
1: Very good, yeah. Um, If they made a Boba Frick film, I Mm -hmm. would be down. Yeah. Also, uh, it's not, like, complete garbage. I'm just mostly sad that it's a bad Star Wars film. Yeah. Um, But, you know, uh, Adam Driver is always good in those movies. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was... Even even if the stuff around him is not good, which it was not.
0: It was a major disappointment, to be sure. Yeah. Yeah. You watched uh, some Disney live-action films. You... I did. Um, Aladdin? Aladdin. You liked it? That was, if I was to have a list of uh-huh. probably the worst movie I saw. Right. Last year would be Aladdin. Oh, man. Beginning this
1: episode, we talked like, <laughs> I, I said we shouldn't shame movies. <laughs> and now we're shaming uh, them. Yeah,
0: I, I'm sorry uh, to uh, um, Guy Ritchie. I, yeah. You know, he's made some good movies in life. Um, maybe. Snatch. Snatch I like Snatch. Maybe uh, Lockstock. I haven't seen yeah, his movies Lockstock's since pretty we were in high school. I don't know. Maybe maybe they hold up. I don't know. But all I know is Aladdin... Are you kind of afraid to find out if they yeah, hold up? Let's, I, I kind of just want to keep them as I enjoy them yeah. in high school. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, Aladdin did not do it for me. I will put it that way. Yeah. I watched that on Disney Plus a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was... I don't know why I decided to watch it. I was bored one night, and I was like, I want something that I know was probably mindless. Yeah. But I wanted to watch a movie, so I put it on. It took me two days to get through it. I stopped it halfway through. Even if I wasn't exactly tired, but I was just like, yeah. I can't do it. I can't do this tonight. I did finish the movie, but it was it was rough. Do you have do you have a something that just turned you off this year? I mean Breath of Skywalker. Oh yeah, well we just talked about that, didn't we? Yeah.
1: I mean, I wasn't too hot on Captain <laughs> Marvel. It's not a bad movie per se. Okay. It's just like Captain Marvel's like very like superhero mm-hmm. movie, paint by yeah. numbers. Um and like, I was, it's not it's not bad, it's just like yeah. not exciting. Haven't
0: seen it. I'm I'm sure I'll catch up with it. Lego sometime. movie two was not good. Okay. Which is disappointing because yeah. I like that first one. Um you mentioned it a little bit ago, Godzilla. I was very disappointed because I was very excited for that movie. Because we really liked that first yes, one. Very much. Um, so I was I was very disappointed in that movie. Yeah, you
1: know, the problem with that movie is they they made a film that the storyline is as silly as some of the sixty sci-fi ones. Mm-hmm. But they treated it like it's the most serious thing. Right.
0: Yeah, it is over serious. It
1: it was overbearingly serious. Yeah. And the story was so goofy. And there still wasn't enough monsters on screen. I agree. I wanted more action. Yeah. They they didn't give it. And I like the way Godzilla was utilized in that first film. Yeah. In this film, they just, they were more interested in their stupid, you know, this machine talks to monsters nonsense. Bad
0: mom. Right. Yeah, it was. What a waste. Man. That, like, I think we were both pretty excited to see that movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, those trailers are really good, too. It was
0: a good trailer. There
1: are some good visuals in the film. Yep. Rodan's pretty sweet. Yep. You know, Mothra got done dirty. She's not in the film that much. That's true. That's disappointing. Yep. Should have been in there more. Yep. Yeah, that was... Again. why why is he frozen on the earth? He should have been... Why not just make him a space dragon? Yeah. Space dragons are cool. Space dragons.
0: We all need them. Yeah. Yeah, that that was my, along with, like we said, Star Wars, those are my two disappointments, major disappointments of the year. Yeah. So. Were
1: you a little disappointed in John Wick 3? It's I'm, not as good as one or yeah, two. Yeah,
0: it's not as good as the first two. Um, the first 30 minutes think, like, are so yeah, good, the, though. The, the first 30 minutes to, like, hour of that film is, like... Some of some of the better action filmmaking we've had in a while. The third
1: act is really good. Yep. It's really just, it's just, like, the second act. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you.
1: It's still a really good film. Solid it's
0: just movie. Slightly, like... Yeah.
1: Which, you know, I felt the same about Us. Like, Us was just oh, yeah. slightly disappointing. Sure. The, the third act mm-hmm. kind of goes off the rails in a bad way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we agree on that, too. Again, I, I liked it, as Amire mentions just um we don't need to shit on good movies Yeah, that's is a good movie oh, this is good John Wick
1: 3 is a good movie good movie as well yeah yeah
0: man, for sure uh you got anything else to say no
1: man i you know 2019 it's a good year can we can we attribute the the Chiefs Super Bowl win to 2019 no yeah. can
0: that be a 2019 thing and not a 2020 yeah, thing 2020's off uh off to a um, awful start not a not a good start at all no. but i can't say 2020 is a bad
1: year if we attribute the Chiefs' super bowl yeah to 2020 yeah because you know that's one of the best things that's happened to me in my life right. recently
0: yeah yeah we'll just we'll, we'll attribute that tonight to 2019 i think that's a good call it's 2019 one of the greatest years ever there you go uh yep and uh, it was a great great year in cinema, and, uh, you know, I hope everyone out there, uh, if you have not seen some of the movies we talked about today, that you seek them out. Whether, Now's a good time to you know, do it. Yeah, you got a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, self-quarantine. Yes, so do that. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, you can find us uh, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, I think now on... Spotify, I might be wrong on that, but if th- not, we're getting close. Okay, you can, uh, yes, find us on Cinema Parlor. Uh, please rate and review us. Um, any type of review or rating helps, whether positive or negative. Again, just, just do it.
1: Yes, please do. We we hope to be coming more consistently. Haha, <laughs> yes, nailed it, don't we? All mm-hmm. at you in your ear holes. <laughs> so, to get through this dark time. Our schedules kind of opened up, right? Sure. Like we don't, yep. we don't have sports to watch. That's true. Yeah. So we can watch some movies, yep. some fun movies, and talk about them. Um, I know we plan to have some guests.
0: Yep. On for the next two right. episodes, we got some some things in store for you.
1: So we we hope to bring at least a couple hours of enjoyment every few weeks. Yeah.
0: To you and yours. It's the least we can do mm-hmm. during these uh trying times. So yes, uh, don't hoard toilet paper. Don't do it. Yeah. Also, if you're listening
1: to this way after the fact, you're probably still going to be quarantined because this could be a while. Yeah,
0: we might be here for uh, um, yeah a long period of time. But don't worry about it. You got good movies to watch. That's right. So uh, uh, you can find me uh, also at uh, Letterbox Chuck Madden Jr. S eighty four. And also, we want to give a huge shout out to our editor and producer. Melanie, you can find her at Plastic Werewolf on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And give her a follow. She uh, makes the show go.
1: That's true. She is the the engine to our go.
0: So, with that being said, Stacy, this has been a lot of fun, man. And we didn't go quite as long as we have in the past. I know. Melanie will be happy about that. That's true. Uh, But I thought
1: we had some good conversation. It probably helped that we had a
0: lot of the same movies. Not a lot of Argument or disagreement this year. No, I mean, I, I. There's things both of us could have argued about. Right, but like, like Midsummer
1: is pretty boring and long.
0: And I'm not. I no, love
1: Florence Pugh. And I. The first five minutes are very effective. Really did not That's like a bad Jojo movie. Rabbit. No,
0: it wasn't in my top ten. It shit my pants. It shit your pants. It got in there and just swelled them. You. <laughs> you just don't like.
1: uh... You don't like Germans. That's true. You can't say that. I hate the German race. You just... I hate... I'm kidding. You just alienated, like, maybe three of our listeners. I didn't mean it. Yeah, you should take it back. I'm sorry. Tell them you like Jojo Rabbit. No. (laughs)
0: We're out of here. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) What the fuck was that? Jesus Christ! Fuck! Shit. Oh, damn it, Rick. I swear to God. fucking
1: lines. Embarrass yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. Well, you were drinking all night. Fucking drinking again. Eight goddamn fucking whiskey sours. Oh, fucking bullshit. You're a fucking miserable drunk. You fucking remembering your fucking lines. I practiced them and now I don't look like I goddamn practiced them. You're sitting there like a fucking baboon. ain't
0: <laughs> fucking whiskey sir. I couldn't
1: stop at fucking three or four, right? Why? You're a fucking alcoholic, you fucking drink too much, huh? Every fucking night, every fucking night, that's it. That's fucking it. That's fucking it. You stop drinking right now. Alright? Make a promise to yourself you're gonna stop fucking drinking. Show that little fucking girl. You're gonna show that goddamn Jim Stacy. You're gonna show all them on that goddamn fucking set who the fuck Rick Dalton is. Alright? Let me tell you something. you don't get these lines right, I'm gonna blow your fucking brains out tonight. Alright? Your brains are gonna be splattered all over your goddamn pool. I mean it, motherfucker. Get your shit together.